0: My mom said I can have more. Oh, good.
1: Welcome back to the Townies podcast and episode 33, our very special season finale. As we say goodbye to season one and embark on the big what's next for season two, First and foremost, we just want to say thank you all for making this first year and a half even better than we could have possibly imagined. We are so grateful for all the storytellers who lent us their words and for all the listeners who took those words beyond the four walls of Kim Maxwell's studio. Thank you to our songwriters and guest performers for contributing their amazing music and hilarious Townie tidbits. So, in celebration of what has been and what will come, we thought we'd have some of the spectacularly talented, tasteful, and well dressed Townies production crew talk about what season one has meant to them. This is the Townies Podcast. Welcome to the neighborhood.
2: I'm from here. Here's the story.
3: Hi, I'm Claire Charpentier. I'm here in Ohio for the summer working on the Townies Podcast with Kim Maxwell. I'm calling myself a summer townie because although I've been to Ojai a handful of times before to visit family, this is my first time spending an extended stretch of time here, and I've really enjoyed discovering the town and settling in. And on top of that, it's been a lot of fun finding the places mentioned in the different townies' podcast stories. I binge-listened before arriving, so now as I walk around town and meet people, I recognize both places and people from the stories. It's hard to name just a few stories that impacted me because each story is so particular and touching in its own way. But one episode that stands out is episode 8, titled The Agency of Women. It's full of those moving stories. The episode is themed around powerful women, their stories, their obstacles, and their lives. And that is always something I can get behind and hear more of. I love Kathleen Helwitz's story, titled Hopeful. In it, she takes a small interaction and creates a beautiful lesson for us all,
4: Now it is called Beacon Coffee, (laughs) and I love the place. (laughs) They use the Chemex coffee maker I grew up with and hadn't seen in decades. Plus, they make sesame brittle to die for. (laughs) The coffee's terrific. Friday, I took my daughter there for a treat. Little did I know I'd be the one to get the treat. As we sat enjoying ourselves, an elderly gentleman asked if he could share our table. This happens a lot at Beacon.
3: She then goes on to talk with the stranger and discover that they share many similarities.
4: We shared our respective stories, and as we did, it became amazingly unbelievable how many Egyptians both of us had known, how many places we had in common, and how many times our lives could have intersected.
3: At the end of her story, she uses this interaction as a guideline for us all in these trying political times.
4: Be kind with yourselves. Be kind to those around you. And do, do the best you can, especially now, to make room at your table for others.
3: I was walking around my neighborhood in San Francisco listening to this, headphones on, and that piece of advice made me stop dead in my tracks and look around my neighborhood and wonder which strangers I should be making more room for at my own table. This story does what the best of stories do. It takes a small personal moment that seems perhaps too specific to be relatable, and yet manages to turn it into something so universal.
1: Well, hello, Lily Brown, my favorite girl in the whole world, my daughter, and co-producer of the Townies podcast.
5: Hello, Kim,
1: mom. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing? I'm good. How are you? It was nice having lunch with you today. Yeah, it
5: was delicious. Mm -hmm. Thanks for thanks for (laughs) buying. That was a family secret.
3: I'm poor.
1: We had wanted to have a very special season finale. Part of both Cleo and Olivia, who are two interns this summer, part of their homework was to listen to the whole podcast and um, and just listen to things that popped for them. And we were talking about it in the office, and Cleo uh, went on this wonderful riff about how she... Didn't want to watch The Office and the television show, and that all of her friends are like, you have to watch The Office. And so finally, one day, she watched one of the a season finale of The Office, and it happened to be the jam, the jam, the Pam and Jim episode. And um, it was, she said she cried, it was really lovely and emotional. And then she said, well, what if we do something like that, that we go back and we um, take a look at um, different episodes and different stories from the perspective of our staff?
5: Yeah, I feel very strongly that everybody's story hits, you know, at least somebody, but I I would even go as far to say everybody's story hits everybody, you know. There are certain pieces that we're going to be mentioning by name in here, um, but really I think every piece that's ever been written and performed at the studio has touched me in one way or another, you know, because I... I think um, something that I feel really grateful for in working, on, working at the studio and then on the podcast as well is just reminding myself that, um, uh, you know, everybody has a story and we're all connected somehow. And I think that these, these stories are a great way to see those connections because otherwise, you know, you don't, you don't see them day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do your day to day things and there are people around you all of the time. I think it's just an in- interesting exercise to try to remind yourself of everybody's humanity. And I think that's something that stories do really well because otherwise I think you forget.
1: Particularly, I think stories, um, they have a way of exposing uh, the, the sort of more vulnerable parts of who we are, the ones that we, our culture is prone to wanting to exhibit all things that are shiny and polished and what we want the world to see. And I think the places where we're the same are not in those places where we're popular and punctual and everything looks just right. We're the same in the places where we're lost and we're broken and we're frightened and we think that we're not enough. And and we forget that. We forget that about ourselves and we forget that about our fellow man. And it's, what I, agree for me it's exactly it's the most wonderful thing to be sitting across the room in the director's chair from somebody flinging their story mm-hmm. out there into class for the very first time or into an audience for the very first time and to watch them be seen and heard and then be responded to like you're enough mm-hmm. you've been heard you are a value just because you're a human
2: Well, I'm so close to it. It's it's really hard for me
6: to make a sort of an offhand comment about it, but uh, I've just I've just seen it. I've seen it from the beginning and grow and evolve, and it's still changing. I just think
4: it's a it's a wonderful,
7: wonderful thing that's
4: happening, and I, I just think it's fantastic. I love it.
8: My name is Molly Allison, and I am a townie. I started listening to stories um, because I found motivation and happiness within them. I just started working with the Kim Maxwell studio a couple of weeks ago, and I have been hooked on her stories ever since. In the Peace Color from episode 15, Eve Senstocken tells us a little bit about what it's like to live with high-functioning autism. She explains what it's like to see the world through different eyes and all the difficulties that come with that, especially when the people around you lack the understanding and kindness. Yet she has learned that her differences are something to embrace. Albert Einstein, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Michelangelo, Emily Dickinson.
9: A number of studies suggest that these great minds were most likely autistic. What would our world look like without the layers and colors and words and art
8: and music and theories? And E equals MC squared people. Whether we know it or not, most of us probably have someone in our life who has a different thought process and way in which they see the world, which often facilitates new types of intelligence and creativity. I just didn't understand. I still struggle with it. I sort of saw people as objects
9: moving That's how Sherlock does it, stomachs it, all the awful stuff he sees, he looks at people as an artist does. This person needs more shading and color. This background isn't right. This
8: person is missing something that could better define what she wants in the picture. For me, that person in my life is my source of reason and my best friend. They help me see things about the world and myself I never would have been able to otherwise notice. Thank you, Eve, for reminding me of that.
1: I'm sitting here right now taking a look at a list of things I want to ask you, Ken. Mm -hmm. Your perspective as our fabulous and brilliant uh, sound engineer and designer. I remember coming to you in the very beginning, and I had these first six episodes, and I loved the way the stories sound. I thought we captured them really well. But it sounded very flat, and -hmm. I wasn't even sure what I wanted. Right. And I talked to you about that, and I was like, I don't know what it is that I'm looking for. And I just – I said, I'd love to collaborate if you have any ideas. And then you started to come up with ideas, and I was wondering things like opening with the sound effects, Mm -hmm. um, the sound effects of the town of Ojai itself, um, and adding in original music of local singer-songwriters. I'm just wondering where those – ideas came from?
0: As far as the sound effects opening, in some cases it was just subject matter of the tidbit, trying to find some nature sound and just local interaction, going into the coffee shop and talking with people, you walking by the tennis court or something, hearing the stereo image in your headphones added a a new dimension, at least in my mind, to the experience of hearing the stories, being transported to Ojai and what's it like to live here.
1: Mm-hmm. And we also, because of you, have these wonderful musical interludes where we feature music of local singer-songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, did that idea just fall upon you, or how did that come about? Because that, that was not in my head at all.
0: Yeah. Um, we were doing the segues from one performance to another, and you know, you go out of the natural hum of the crowd in between the the performances, thinking, oh, it might be nice to have just a little bit of music. And as you recall, we started out with smaller bits, not really encroaching on the storytelling. And the more we did it, the more, you know, you realize these are stories to be told, too. And as a music producer and songwriter myself, I just felt that it was a natural progression. I might not write a story like the people in your class, but you know it's a real way of communicating that I might not offer to somebody if I first met him. I wouldn't have a problem singing the song to somebody I don't know, but I wouldn't necessarily share that whatever that song represents for me. Uh, so it's a way to realize, like, well, these are other stories that we we haven't tapped in a different way of communicating, in a different way of of performing and sharing. Hmm.
1: And for me, it's interesting. I was just thinking about the genesis of season two, even before I knew there was going to be a season two, um, started on that episode that we co-created um, about the the death of John Slade, yeah. who is a beloved friend of both of ours and beloved of this community. Sure. And it just, it made sense to me because he was such a big part of both of our lives. It, it made sense to both of us to break from form from what we had been doing before.
2: Right.
1: I'd love to talk to you because that was a real organic process. Because I didn't know what it should sound like. I didn't know what we should do. I didn't know how to respond. I just knew that we
0: needed to. Sure. Well, you know, John, I loved him dearly, and uh, we worked together on many of his albums. I just got to know him as a person over the years. He was uh, such a contributor, you know when I think about John, I think he he made you feel like you were the one you know you were a special friend <laughs> and, and um and so when he died it was uh you know it was such a shock and it was um it was so harsh, you know <laughs> his memorial was just packed with kids and people that felt the same way and so you know when you mentioned that he had taken your class, but you hadn't captured him performing. And we were able to tap Malcolm McDowell to record John's piece, Miss Upchurch. It was just a, a beautiful, different way of doing things. John had um, his Walt Whitman project, taking the poems of Walt Whitman and putting them to music. And so the, the song, When Lilacs Last in the Dooryard Bloomed, I mean, it's just heart-wrenching. It was the perfect musical interlude to be able to hear John's voice and it's sad and it it's it's bittersweet but comforting at the same time and it does everything you know <laughs> all at once so uh and similarly Paralabatia's um rendition of The Water is Wide at the end yeah, just is yeah. it's just how I felt um it's just something special about it and all those things together just kind of spoke to us I thought. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I probably got off. I, I
1: digress.
0: No, that was spot on. <laughs> um,
1: were there any other, because you have, you have a different perspective of the production process than I do? Anything ever pop out at you while editing or being on the other end of recording? Anything hit you about the podcast in general or a specific story or person or
0: exchange? You know, when we first started working on things, it was looking at it more from a technical standpoint and not as invested emotionally. And the more I listened to the performances, you'd get the arc of the story and you'd get the the sense of who these people are that are telling them. And some things are purposely just a funny story. You just go, oh, man, that's so brutal. <laughs> and But just wonderful, you know, and uh Oftentimes, it's just this slice of life, a moment in time, you know, that we get to share in. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their story, and and obviously that's the, the crux of what we're doing with this. But I get exposed to all these different perspectives and all these beautiful people that I, I wouldn't normally have the chance to talk to. I suppose I could just stop somebody random in the, the supermarket and start talking to him but I think I don't think they'd be thrilled about that. <laughs> oh, everybody wants to talk to Ken Arrows. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there anything else that you um feel like you would like to add?
0: I'm just very grateful to you for what you have brought the community. Um not just because we've worked together in all these episodes. I'm, I am grateful for that because I wouldn't have experienced all of this. And um, I love working with you. I love you as a, as a person. And to see the wonderful way you've opened this experience for people, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. They get to tell their story in a safe environment. It's very supportive. And um, I just think it's special, so happy to be a part of it and grateful to you for bringing it to the community I love you too Ken
2: Bent or broken it's the family tree Bent or broken it's the family tree Each branch a part of a part of me this is my tree And it's a beautiful tree Dwarf or giant It's a family tree Dwarf or giant It's a family tree Growing just as tall As it was meant to be This is your tree And it's a beautiful tree
5: This is payback,
1: right? (laughs) And that was Rain Perry with Beautiful Tree from her album, Cinderblock Bookshelves. If you'd like to be a sponsor or take out an ad on Season 2 of the Townies podcast, shoot an email to lily at kimmaxwellstudio.com. Studio.com.
3: Are oh, you saying you gave him the idea? No, I didn't give him the idea, but I supported him <laughs> yeah. in doing it. I said, definitely, don't even think about it, just do it. Yeah, that's yeah, a great format.
1: Don't forget to mark your calendars for that Season 2 launch and the big old celebratory block party on Saturday, February 2nd, 2019. And... Keep an eye out on KimMaxwellStudio.com for some very exciting shows coming up this summer and in the fall.
3: Do you have any favorite episodes? Things you remember
2: hearing.
8: Hi, this is Molly again. As an environmental major in college, I was moved by the first-hand accounts of people and communities that have been directly impacted by the overutilization of our natural resources. These stories stuck with me and still serve as the foundation of my work today. The stories shared in The Townie's podcast resonates with our listeners in that same way. They open up our hearts and minds as cheesy as it sounds which enables us to build more empathic connections rooted in understanding and social justice. In episode two, Noah Crow's piece, The Land of Opportunities, paints this picture perfectly. This world Noah has crafted provides me with motivation. I am reminded of why I am an environmentalist and my old goals come back into light. After a series of college courses that made my head spin around and around, not sure of whether or not I am hopeful or hopeless, Noah's story gives me hope even all of their romanticized moments.
6: The sterile walls of our hospitals unfurl into vitality centers. Doctors get paid when we're healthy, not sick. Whoever thought that paying them for being sick was a good idea? We don't have to wait till we're 50 to realize that our whole lives spent in the subtle stupor of a wheat or a dairy allergy isn't really just the way we feel. It's actually our body struggling to survive from eating poisonous overmodified shit. Health care becomes vitality care. Each of us has a team of people making sure we feel better than we've ever felt before. National productivity skyrockets. We stop eating beef because uh, the rainforest destroying mass-produced meat, like our GNP depends on it. And suddenly, we're no longer spending eight hundred billion dollars suffering from heart disease and diabetes. Instead, we're using all that extra money and energy learning to skydive, speak Chinese, <laughs> dance the tango.
8: Noah Crow. I'm pretty sure I was just transported to an alternate universe. My eyes were open, but I swear I was not on planet Earth. Or was I? I wonder if it's all possible. The plentiful food, the happy faces, the stress-free land of opportunity, where people can focus on becoming their best self rather than worrying about paying bills and fighting illnesses.
6: Everything's going so well we get bored. Shoot, without all the terrorists and Ebola swine flu, avian flu, pneumonia, rickets, fucking plague we need something exciting somebody says let's build a space elevator (laughs) you say space elevator
8: 10,000 geeks and visionaries and builders say fuck yeah everyone gets to see the earth from space and fly now I'm not sure about the whole elevator to space idea I mean I'm down but I just would like to ask you a couple questions first
1: Oh look, it's my favorite girl in the whole world again.
8: Aww,
5: that's me. It's Lily. I know. I was t- saying it for our listeners in case they didn't know who your favorite girl
1: was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've been through preteen, teen, and the adult class. Mm-hmm. Tell me about camaraderie. What is that like being on the other end of that?
5: Well, there's somebody else. I can't remember who this is, but there's somebody else who describes it as the magic between the chairs. I don't know if I have any like really serious anecdotes of specific times that I really felt that, but I think it's just like the moments where somebody will write something that affects them more than they expect when they're reading it out loud Mm. and they start crying and then everybody reaches for the box of tissues and passes it like in the circle, like hand to hand around to that person who's reading. And, um, I don't know, like the looks on, on people's face when they get Laughs mm-hmm. on their material when they're reading it out loud for the first time um, it's a really sweet community that develops each class has its own has its own new community and i've I've got really long standing friendships because of the openness that we all share in these magical musical chairs <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know I mean you just you i think it's an accelerated process of like opening your heart to people. And um, because they, everybody is doing it at the same time. So there's like, it's not like the stakes are gone, because there's always stakes when you're when you're opening your heart to somebody. But I feel like since everybody's doing it, it feels less terrifying. Mm -hmm. Because everybody's matching your most everybody is matching your commitment.
1: When you tell a story that risks something, then people risk something of themselves and they start risking and then we Mm -hmm. all start. Connecting more and talking more and risking more and being more em- empathetic with each other and compassionate right. towards each other.
5: It's a, I, I feel like I am a really good advocate for myself partly because of the writing and performance skills that I've gotten. Like I'm a lot less afraid to speak up for myself because I know that I've, I've experienced my voice being received in a positive way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like it's a one equates the the other.
1: Yeah, and not and, and all of you. Not just the shiny bits, not just the polished bits, but like your your anger and your hurt and your outrage and your disappointment and your your our dark side. And I also love like what happens actually after the shows. Um, I always prepare everybody in class for like once the story leaves your face, it's not about you anymore. It's mm-hmm. now about the audience because now you've become an ambassador for people taking a big risk. So if Mm -hmm. somebody comes up to you and says, oh my God, I loved your piece, your responsibility is to take a nice deep breath and say, thank you so much for coming. And um, it also makes people available to sometimes hear things that they don't normally hear. Mm -hmm. We have a way of deflecting sometimes positive reinforcement, but because I don't let people deflect the positive reinforcement, they have a chance to actually hear the feedback of the audience right. about how their piece impacted people. I mean,
5: that's a very therapeutic thing, too, because you never know what somebody is going to connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes parts of the story that you never, that you wouldn't have thought was important, but it's important to somebody. Yeah. And I think that really neatly ties back into what we were talking about at the beginning of of this little Um, interview, talk, chat, roundtable thing Mm -hmm. Um, that's like you never know what's going to impact somebody and so I think it's important that we all just keep talking and sharing our stories and I love what the podcast does for that because I think it pushes the stories even beyond the four walls of the studio.
1: Do you want to talk a little bit about the next season and about why we're actually transitioning from a consecutive format of every two weeks to um, a 10 episode season um yeah
5: i think um i think some people when they first hear that we're that we're switching are a little confused as to why we're doing it um and i think uh you know that's that's valid (laughs) but um something that we're really excited about is that we can take more time to do each episode which just feels like i mean it's um you talk about this in class all the time. It's like when you give yourself space in room to be like as creative as you want to be or, or whatever, you you give, I mean, there's just more opportunity within space. Um, I'm really excited about taking some time to really uh, curate and fill these episodes. Like I feel like they're just going to mm-hmm. be really this, this 10 arc Ten episode arc, I think, is just going to be a lot more, a lot more full. There's a lot more within it. Um, I think we're talking about doing interviews, more interviews, um, and um, talking, doing behind the scenes stuff. We're talking about doing prompts. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff in yeah. in the works for this that are, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, transforming. The pieces – well, not not necessarily the pieces because the pieces will always – will stay the same. But making the podcast even more unique from the shows at the studio so it feels like a completely new experience.
1: Yeah. I'm also I think good words and good work are contagious. And I think we all have been around each other for like a whole year. Um, and the podcast has really grown from its inception to the first six episodes – which we redid in, in another mm-hmm. first six episodes, to where we are now. And I think it was just really wonderful to see everybody come up with all of these ideas of what we want to do, but there wasn't the time to be able to execute them the way we wanted to. And so I'm super grateful to our board of directors who were like, yeah, go ahead, take mm-hmm. a hiatus, go to a seasonal format so that we could really – Add the interviews and really Mm. add what the process of being in class is like and the developmental process of discovering your story and then crafting it and then performing it. And what's Mm. that like? Because I want – part of what I'm hoping happens is sort of the contagious aspect of being around good words and talented people is contagious for the people who are listening and that they start telling their stories and Mm. encouraging their friends to tell their stories and that maybe – Towny movements pop up all over the place of people because stories belong to us Hopefully all. Hopefully with us so we can make some money. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> that was the very subtle plug that you could make a donation to the Townies Inc but <laughs> to the dot
5: .org mom. cud Okay.
1: Sorry. Okay. org.
5: Can we fix that in post, Ken? <laughs>
9: My name is Olivia Lors. I've known Lily and Kim for almost three years now, but it feels like much longer than that. Kim and the Townies podcast itself has a knack for making you feel like family. I've been a storyteller since I could talk, and I am so thrilled to be working with the Townies team this summer. One story that I just cannot get out of my head and my heart is Siete by Litsi, which appears in episode eight. Litsi's story is a raw, honest story about her mother's journey to the United States and a heart-wrenchingly loving representation of the immigrant experience.
7: All I ever wanted was for your mother and my mother to be simply seen as life givers. Now living in 2016, I'm living your inherited struggle, mama.
9: After hearing this story, I wanted to shout her name in the face of every ignorant person on the street. As a white woman with a privileged upbringing, comfortably separated from the racism and oppression felt by my fellow community members, I am all the more called to listen to stories like Siete. Ventura County is full of immigrants and the children of immigrants, but it is completely devoid of their voices and stories which is something the Townies podcast is working to improve. Liti's piece is as much about motherhood as it is about immigration. She tells about the moment when her mother had to leave her own mother behind.
7: With tears rolling down your hollow gaunt cheeks, you say your farewells to your mother. You held her fragile, bony hands and looked her in the eyes. With pain in your heart, And you tell her in Mixteco, I love you, I'm off to a better life.
9: That image, leaving her mother in another country, holding her old hands, would not leave my head. Me and my mom are close, super close, like finishing each other's sentences and wearing matching outfits close. I cannot imagine what it would take to make me leave my mother behind. And that's something I never have to imagine. But for people like Litsi's mother, it's a reality she couldn't afford to ignore. The story shows that the issues of immigration and motherhood are utterly entwined. You cannot have stories of immigration without talking about the mother someone left behind. The mother that came to another country for their daughter's sake. The mother who was torn away from her child. If anything, motherhood is an issue every one of us can relate to in a way that creates some much-needed empathy. I have never had to go through the traumas of coming to a new country with no support but the bones in my body. But through this story, I can cry with Leetze, and I can love with her. And so can everyone who listens to her story and really takes time to allow her words to settle in.
7: Stand as tall as you did when crossing that desert. You left everything that was irreplaceable chasing for that American dream. Mama, please let me carry your dream. Just let me be your voice.
4: Thank you.
9: Love Tatum Becker's story out loud. It's mm-hmm. so yeah, relatable. Yeah. It's a really it's so good, good one. one.
3: I really like my cousin Simone Berkovitz's story. Trying not to grab moss. That one mm-hmm. made me cry. It's so touching.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Letter by Saul Gordillo. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And Judy Fisk Lucas, the vessel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> He's funny. So funny.
3: Elise Geronimo's story, numbers oh, in episode yeah. two. Mm-hmm. I love so that one. Good.
9: Richard Renick's never doubt I love really made me want to beat someone with a baguette (laughs) (laughs) he is the hamlet of my heart oh
5: he's gonna love that I love um, Dear Rennie Marie by Ren D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Leslie yeah. Paxton
9: Bedtime. Um, Noah Lashley's Fear DDS. I mean, I could say any
1: of Morgan Flannery Johnson.
9: too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. oh and Vanessa Frank's Backtime by Ann
1: There are stories all around us. We hope that this podcast, these storytellers, give you the courage to go out there and tell your own stories stories are the connective tissue showing us the places where we are the same in our funny moments our dark moments our moments of triumph and defeat we can't wait to bring you even more stories from our amazing 805 in season two of the townies podcast returning in February 2019.
3: I really like Amélie Soprano's story, French Boy, because that's a Frenchie really
9: Yeah, I love that one. I love
1: if there's a particular about, uh, story that you would like to hear again, but you can't remember where you heard it, head on over to the slash season one for a list of names and pieces in alphabetical
4: order.
3: Ryan Eagler Frankenstein. Sarah Harding, Boita,
1: Talking about the the power of stories, we haven't talked yeah. about the power of diverse voices within right. that storytelling community. Yeah, I think that's really an important
5: thing and this is you know I, I don't want to make it sound like we're rein, we're inventing the wheel because this is not something that we alone are championing um people all over the world are pushing for this um this idea of of getting more voices to the table but um i think a lot of people are recognizing that diversity uh, everywhere is a good and important thing, and so it's not that we're inventing it, but I think we're trying to f- we're trying to facilitate it here um, in a county that I think that it's a lot more diverse than I think people get at face value at mm-hmm. first, um, because it's that thing of like the people that are getting that face time are the the privileged members of our community, and there's a whole like I don't want to say, it's not under but it's it's a um, there's there are whole communities within Ventura County that are that are not being recognized and don't get that that face time and I think that's what we're trying to do is trying to reach within those communities and um give those give people an opportunity but also I think when you're when you're um, when your voice isn't heard for so long you start to think that it doesn't matter And so I think that's what our goal is, is to not only um, give diverse voices and marginalized communities an opportunity to speak, but also to um, help them remind themselves that that is that their voice and their story is really important and it's vital to our society moving forward.
1: Yeah. We went to a workshop recently and Dina Jensen, who is fabulous and brilliant and talented and who is the executive director of Cal Lutheran Center for Nonprofit Leadership. Leadership. And I, I think she was quoting somebody else, but she said something along the lines of, we all do better. One, we all do better. And that's something that I believe right down to my tiny little toes. And for me...
5: My dainty little toes.
1: My dainty, dainty little toes. <laughs> um, because I feel like storytelling actually is the foundation of social justice. Because if you can't hear a community, then how can you help them? You're just assessing from the outside. Right.
5: Well, um, thank you so much for having me here in the studio with you.
1: Thanks for season one. Thank you for season one. thank you
5: for creating this um awesome podcast that I've gotten to be a part of and um you know your life's work is pretty cool. I'm pretty into it, so uh. <laughs> could I be more effusive? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, I made her cry. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was going
1: to happen. It's about
5: that time of day.
1: It is. And I love you, too. And thank you so much. There wouldn't be a townies without you. And you are the original townie, born and raised. (laughs) And thank you for everything for season one. I can hardly wait for season two.
5: Yeah, me, too. I love you.
1: I love you, too. I'll see you in season two.
5: Well, I hope I see you before then. Oh, yeah. I'm (laughs) sorry birthday, for sure.
1: the story the townies podcast is co-produced by lily brown asa larmonth and ken eros studio engineering and mixing by arrows creative and sound the townies theme song was written and performed by rain perry recorded and mixed by martin young and mastered by mark hallman at the congress house Thank you to our endless townie contributors, our board members, our donors, our listeners, and our staff and interns. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you to our music contributors for this very special episode. Julie Christensen, Felix Penny, Rain Perry, Tom Lennon, Ken Eros and Jeff Evans, and Perla Bataya. The Townies Podcast is in part made possible by a generous grant from the Ojai Arts Commission and the City of Ohio, a small town with big stories. You can find out more about us at thetowniespodcast.org. Thank you for listening. Okay, we want to do another one? Yeah.
5: Should I try to make you cry again? No,
1: make, <laughs> make you cry.
5: Good luck. I'm an emotionless
1: monster. Yeah, oh, my little boo. Oh, I said it again. I'm sucker of race. Don't put that in the house. Oh.